If you've spent any time in leadership circles over the last decade, you probably would have heard of Jim Collins' book, Good to Great. But is it possible that we're sacrificing what's good by chasing what's great? Welcome to This Divine Moment, a podcast where we learn to notice and respond to the work that God is already doing in each of our lives. Today, we will look at the idea of ambition and the way that God can reach us in the midst of us trying to reach our goals. Well, hey there, welcome to This Divine Moment. I am your host, Ben Cornick. If you don't know me, I am a husband, I'm a father, I'm a pastor, I'm a speaker, and I'm also someone who can really geek out on leadership. Uh, Maybe you're like me. I love going to leadership conferences. I love reading leadership books. And years ago, um, I attended my first global leadership summit. And I remember just how thrilling it was uh, to just hear from all these experts in leadership from around the world. And one of those people was named Jim Collins. Now, I hadn't really heard of Jim Collins before the Global Leadership Summit, but I found out that he's a pretty well-known guy. Uh, He wrote a book called Good to Great, and it's all about uh, how certain organizations stand out from the rest. There are some organizations that are good, but there's some organizations that have learned to be great. And so in this book, Collins unpacks the secrets of these organizations, and he, he fills it with empirical data. And so this guy, he's a, he's a researcher. That's really what he is. He's a researcher turned uh, author and speaker. And so he researched all these companies, and he said there are certain things that they have in common that really set them apart and help them to become great organizations. And so the, the whole concept just really captivated me. And so for years, I really delved into and invested in the idea of going from good to great. Now, in some ways, this is really good. Like, I, I don't want you to think that in this podcast, I'm somehow going to say that what Jim Collins has contributed to society or this idea of trying to get better is somehow wrong. It's actually been super helpful. Um, when I think about my speaking and communication, uh, when I think about my ability to lead within the nonprofit and the church world, uh, when I think about my ability to parent and to be a husband, Um, I'm always wanting to improve. I'm always wanting to get better. But have we sacrificed what is good to go after greatness? Think about your own life. Have you ever had a season where you sacrificed what was good so that you could go after something that you thought would be great? Uh, Let me give you a couple of examples. Uh, Maybe you thought it would be great to get a promotion, and so you sacrifice some things that are really good. Maybe you, maybe you skipped a couple of holidays with your extended family so that you could work a little bit more and uh, you know, kind of put yourself ahead uh, at work. Or maybe you miss some things with your kids or with a sibling or with your parents or with a friend because you wanted to work later and you, you, you just had to get things done. And, or maybe you moved away Um, to a certain school because you thought this school will really set me on the track of greatness. And maybe it didn't. Like there are times that we reach for something that we think will be greater and we sacrifice what's good in the process. I was just talking with a friend recently and we were talking about this idea and he said that he had watched it happen at his church 
he, he said there was a season at their church where it felt like so many people were coming to know Jesus. There were so many people who were healing and so many people who were um, just discovering hope. They were discovering life and like things were just great. You know, he was just like, it was just like this incredible season of time. And it felt like everybody who was a part of the church, like something was happening in their life. And, you know, uh, people who'd been there for a long time were experiencing something different. And people who were showing up for the first time were experiencing uh, just the presence of Jesus. And he said it was just really sweet, really good. And then he said that there was kind of this impulse that as the church was growing, that they needed to be better, like they, they needed to they needed to do something greater. And so he said he watched as his church family started to sacrifice the good that was happening so that they could be greater. So for example, sometimes they said the worship uh, lasted a little too long in services and they needed to cut it off at a certain point. But he said sometimes people were really experiencing something powerful and healing and profound in worship, but they would cut it off because they would say, well, it's time for the next part of the service because that's how the bigger churches would do it. And so he said he just really struggled with that. And I get that. I understand that struggle. And I think that struggle has been going on since the garden. So you have to remember the world started good. God didn't look at his creation and say it was great. He looked at his creation and he said it was good. So this is the measure that God uses. God wants things to be good. And when he says good, uh, the original word there is tov, T-O-V, he doesn't necessarily mean like uh, he's like there's great and good. Um, that's not how God really was saying that word. When when that word is recorded in the scriptures, it means it's whole. There's nothing lacking. It has everything that it needs. And so the biblical definition of goodness is where you have all that you need, where you're whole. And it's good. Like there's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing that you have to change or add. And that's an incredible concept that that's what humanity had at one point. But Adam and Eve felt like it wasn't good enough. They wanted something more. They wanted what they thought would be greater, that if they, if they ate the fruit from the knowledge of the tree of good and evil, that things would be even greater. So sometimes doing something greater isn't going to get you to where you want. Sometimes recognizing what's already good and being thankful for it and savoring it and living in it, that is what will help us to live the life that we all want to live. Uh, I have a few times in my own life that I had to choose what was good rather than what was great. And so now when I'm talking about good versus great, I want you to think of good in like the biblical sense, like nothing's lacking, but in the world's eyes, even what is good from God sometimes still doesn't seem like enough. I mean, how many times have you prayed for something and then you get it, and then right after you get it, you're already thinking about what's next. You're already thinking about that you need more. And so in our culture, we have just been taught that there's always bigger and better, that we, we always need something greater. And so I remember when I was working at a megachurch, the, the first job I ever had as a pastor was at a church of, uh, at the time, it was about 2,100 people. Um, which, you know, for, for the area I live in, that is a big church. And even for our country, uh, only about 1% of churches in our country uh, ever become 2,000 or more in regular attendance. And so it was, it was a great position. 
Like, and it was a great church and I learned some great things there. But then there was this moment that my wife and I were sitting at the, the kitchen table and we felt like God was calling us into missions, that we were going to go raise our support rather than, you know, be a part of this church where we have uh, a secure sense of being a part of something and having a paycheck. And um, no, we were going to go and try to reach college students on non-Christian college campuses. So we weren't going to Christian schools. We were going to non-Christian schools and trying to reach people with the gospel. And uh, we had to raise money to do it. And it was not easy. It was actually one of the most difficult times of our of both of our lives. And yet it's what we felt like God was calling us to do. When I look back, I know that it was good because I look at the relationships that came out of that time. I look at the growth that came out of that time. I look at the, the understanding that came out of that time. I look at the way that my wife and I had to get over certain hurdles in our marriage. It was while we were raising support to be missionaries that we almost separated. We had a season where she was pregnant with our first son and we, we were going to have a couple of weeks where we just weren't going to live to, together because we just couldn't handle it. There was so much stress. And yet it was in that season that we learned to overcome that hurdle. And now when we face challenges, we know that we already have it within us to be able to take it on. And so though that was a hard season and though staying at that really big church would have been a great thing to do, what was good was pursuing God in his call to raise money to be missionaries. Uh, or there was a time where we were, we were at a church that my wife grew up at and I got offered a job there and it was, it was great in that sense. We were by her family and it was, it was really a great thing. It was a great situation. But then we felt like God was calling us to take a job in the Chicago area at a church there. And it would be hard to move away from family. It would be hard to not have that support system. But we knew that it was good to follow God in what he was calling us to do. And so it was hard. It was difficult. But I think it would have been worse if we stayed. And so sometimes we, we have to realize that there are moments where instead of trying to sacrifice what's good to try to hold on to or go after what we think would be great, sometimes we have to let go of our idea of what we think is great so that we can embrace what's good. The Bible tells us do nothing out of selfish ambition. You can find that in the book of James. <laughs> that is a super difficult scripture. I don't know about you, but I hear that scripture and I am like, that is really, really hard. How am I supposed to do nothing out of selfish ambition? I mean, there are times where I, I don't even know what that would look like. Now, here's what's interesting. It doesn't say... Uh, do nothing out of ambition. We can have ambition as long as it's not selfish ambition. But what has our culture taught us? You know, fulfill your dreams, go after what you want, uh, hustle, reach for the stars. I mean, all this sort of stuff. And yet sometimes that is just fueled by selfish ambition. That's just selfish ambition magnified. 
And sometimes our, our culture celebrates selfish ambition. Sometimes we celebrate narcissism. Sometimes we celebrate uh, people who take advantage of other people to get ahead and succeed. Because we'll look at the success story, but we won't ask how they got there. We won't ask about their character. We won't ask, did they sacrifice what was good? You know, did they sacrifice their character? Did they sacrifice their relationships? Did they sacrifice, uh, you know, the, the time of the people working for them? Sometimes that's a way that people will sacrifice what's good. They'll sacrifice what's good on the behalf of others. And so I've seen leaders before who uh, will keep their employees later than they should uh, or they, they don't give them good breaks or good vacation or whatever. And now you're sacrificing what's good in those people's lives so that you can go after what you think would be great. And in our culture, this allure of greatness is so powerful. It's just, it really, it really grips our heart and pulls us towards this idea of becoming something greater. And I think what's underneath that, I think the reason that we can't just sit and enjoy the good life that God is trying to give us, because the Bible says like for those who are in Christ, that you should, you should make it your ambition to lead a quiet life. So in James, it says, do nothing out of selfish, selfish ambition. And then we're told, so make it your ambition to lead a quiet life. Meaning like just enjoy what God has given you. Just enjoy salvation. Enjoy the grace of God. Uh, enjoy your family. Enjoy your friends. Enjoy your church. Enjoy your job. Enjoy your neighborhood, your house, whatever. Like just see the blessings that he's giving you and enjoy them. Why don't we do that? Why can't we be content why can't we just sit and enjoy what God has for us? Well, I think it's because we don't think we're enough. We don't think we're good enough, so we think we've got to be great. We think we've got to be greater. You know, history won't remember us unless we do something greater. Or, you know, our neighbors won't think well of us unless we do something greater. Or people in my professional field you know, won't think much of me unless I do something greater. Or, you know, when I go to my high school class reunion, I want people to think that I turned out to be really great. Um, which, I mean, honestly, it sounds, it sounds kind of foolish, but I'm telling you, when you go to a high school class reunion, when you, you get in that mindset of going, okay, I'm going to go see these people again, part of you wants to be like, man, I hope they're impressed. I hope they think that I'm, you know, I'm better. And I think the thing is, is we want to be better than maybe sometimes we actually are. And so we even hide what does need to be fixed. We hide what needs to change and that actually makes it worse. So now we're going after what we think would be great. We're sacrificing what is good and we're ignoring what is lethal to us. We're ignoring the character uh, deficiencies that we have and the, the, the lack of integrity that we might have or whatever it might be. We're ignoring those things instead of bringing those things to God so that he can change them in us. And so I believe that the world tells us, go after what is great. I have nothing against Jim Collins. I think everyone should be trying to improve. But if you sacrifice the good things in life so that you can try to achieve greatness, I think you will wind up living a hollow life. But imagine, imagine your funeral and people are at your funeral. And instead of saying this person accomplished great things, 
They did more than anyone else did in their, you know, in their city. They, they accomplished more than anyone else in their generation. Okay, sure, that would be great if they said that about you. But what if instead they said, this person was the most loving friend I've ever had. This person was the most loving family member I ever knew. This person, oh, man, they cared about people. They loved them well. This person, they would, they would serve others. They would take the shirt off their back for you. This person, they knew how to enjoy life. This person knew how to welcome other people and treat people well. This person knew how to show kindness. This person was generous. This person, I mean, they, they could have they lived such a bigger life. They could have taken more job promotions or they could have um, they could have taken advantage of the system more, but instead they were generous and they gave to others and, and they changed lives. Man, what a legacy they left. What if, what if that's what they said? See, I've been thinking a lot about this and I think sometimes we, we have to look at what's underneath our drive to do something, what's underneath our, our need to succeed is actually a lot of insecurity. And the Bible tells us that with that insecurity, we should bring it to God. Because check out what it says in the book of 2 Peter. It says, God's divine power has given us everything we need for the good and godly life through our knowledge of Jesus, who called us by his own glory and goodness. He called us by his goodness. He's inviting us back into his goodness. Now through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises. So his promises, yeah, they're great. So that through them, you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. So they're saying that the sin that tries to ruin your life, Jesus has died on the cross for your sin and mine, and he rose from the dead so that he could invite you into his goodness. And he's giving you everything you need to live a godly and good life through him. And so that's the promise for those who are in Christ. And then it says this, for this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, to your goodness knowledge, and to knowledge self-control, and to your self-control perseverance, and to your perseverance godliness, and to your godliness mutual affection for one another, and to your mutual affection for one another godly love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins. What an incredible scripture. May we add to our faith goodness. May we add all of these character traits so that we can be effective, so that we can be productive in the Lord. And may we not become nearsighted and blind, forgetting that we've been cleansed from our past sins. The most incredible miracle that's ever taken place, that God changes the human heart. So may we, may we get our vision straight. May we remember what is good and not sacrifice what is good to try to go after what we think is great. Because when we embrace the good life that Jesus is giving us, that is when we will truly find greatness. Well, I wanna thank you for joining me for this divine moment. I hope that this has been an encouragement to you. 
And uh, if you if you want, you can go and like us, you can review, you can rate us, you can share us on social media, and you can find me on social media. I'm on Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. And uh, I would love to connect with you there. So come find me there. Thanks again for listening. May the Lord bless you and keep you. And I hope that you join us again next week for another episode of This Divine Moment.